Let me tell you two stories that have stuck with me through the years. First, I want to tell you the story of an 80-year-old former member of my previous church, First Baptist Church of Corbin, Kentucky. An 80-year-old former member who, after some 60 years of being away from the town, returned home one Sunday unannounced. Her last living relative in the area had just died, and she decided to come and attend the funeral, and as she told me, gaze upon her hometown one final time. Again, she had not returned home for over 60 years, a near six-decade absence. Well, that Sunday, she and her children, as I say, came to our service at First Baptist. And after the service ended, the woman sought me out to talk with me. And so there we stood in the corner of the sanctuary just beneath the church's baptistry. And as the woman talked, suddenly she said to me, 72 years ago this May, I was baptized right there. Now to understand why this story has stuck with me all these years, why this story is so meaningful to me, to understand that, you have to note the significance of the emphasis being placed on the word there. She didn't just say, 72 years ago I was baptized at this church. No, she said, 72 years ago I was baptized right there. It's the significance of place in that sentence that I find so meaningful. Seventy-two years had elapsed since her baptism. Sixty years had elapsed since she'd even come home to visit. But here in this same place was the same baptistry where one of the most meaningful moments of her life had taken place. All these years later, and it was still there. Dear family, in a transitory world that is increasingly hyper-preoccupied with the new, a reality such as this is exceedingly rare and at least to my mind, is breathtakingly beautiful. Okay, so that's story number one. Here's story number two. And this one also comes from my time in Corbin, Kentucky. At least once a year, a man who grew up in the church would return to town to visit. This man lived alone in the Midwest, and he, too, had not called Corbin home for decades. Still, he returned home once a year to check in with extended family and take care of certain things that required his attention. Well, invariably, he'd attend our Sunday services when he was in town. And each time he did, he'd greet me after the service ended, and he'd offer me an envelope with a check inside that was designated to the church's food pantry. 
I can give to hunger relief anywhere, he told me the first time he handed me one of those checks, but I want to give to hunger relief here. And saying that, he motioned toward the far corner of the church's property where the church's food pantry was located. I want to give to hunger relief here, he said. Once more, this story has stuck with me, not only because of the generosity of the gift or the sincere concern for the cause, but because of the emphasis being placed on the word here. I want to give to hunger relief here. See, something like hunger and food insecurity, these pressing profound issues and problems When put this way, this is general. But addressing hunger and food insecurity here, wherever here happens to be in this place, among these people, well, this makes it particular. And for my money, and I mean that quite literally, for my money, when it comes to mission and advocacy work, the particular is so much more compelling and urgent and meaningful than the general. There's a line in a Wendell Berry novel called Hannah Coulter where Berry writes, and I quote, Most people now are looking for a better place, which means that a lot of them will end up in a worse one. Barry then goes on to say that the constant desire for a new place inevitably leads to no place, meaning to a life with no rooting, no anchor, no stabilization or continuity, no identity. Dear family, there is all the difference in the world between space and place. We can chase the new our whole lives and never run out of space. But if we ever want our space to become a place, we have to settle down and invest our lives in it. And to that end, lots of churches today are thrilling spaces with lots of exciting things happening inside of them. But increasingly few churches today are places. Places where 70 years from now, one will be able to return and point to a specific spot and say, life happened to me right there. Be able to say, I experienced that right here. Increasingly few. I was reminded of this last Sunday when Luis Martinez gave his giving testimony. Rather than simply talk about the impact of giving, which he also certainly did. If you'll recall, he began by pointing to the spot right here. Right here where he and Hollins were married. 
And then to the baptistry right back here where he was rebaptized as an adult. And then to the place right here beside me on the chancel where Elaine and Sophia were dedicated, right here. And then to the aisles right here were boulevard ministers, people with names, people part of a story where boulevard ministers walked around with baby Lillian for her dedication. And as Lewis opened his giving testimony with reflections on these pivotal moments in his life and on how they happened right here, I was reminded anew, this here, this church, this is not a space. This is a place. And this is not just a gathering of people. This is a family. We sing it every morning together in this place among these people. We are living the gospel story in this place among these people. Here at Boulevard, we are part of a story, part of a living, breathing, developing, ever unfolding story. And as in any good story, the setting and the characters are what make the plot meaningful, not the other way around. Today, as Anita alluded to in her remarks, today is sermon three in our three-part sermon series on the significance of giving. And sermon one was on the power of a gift of time, and sermon two was on the power of a gift of talent, and now this third and final sermon is on the power of a gift of treasure. And what I want to focus on this morning is the power of giving our treasure to the particular. The power of giving our treasure to place. The power of giving our treasure to the continuation of a story and to the cultivation of a rooted identity. When it comes to questions of financial giving... There are on the surface few things less exciting than giving to maintenance and infrastructure. Am I right? I mean, who among us gets immediately jazzed about giving to a new roof or to maintaining a chiller or to having the carpets cleaned? Few of us indeed. But I'd like to point out that this is because we too often fail to recognize and take into account how central such things are to the setting of our life stories. To the possibility of our life's most meaningful moments. To the conditions that enable a space to become and remain a place. And not just a place to become our place. Think about this. If countless members of the Boulevard family, many of us with us still, countless more already with Christ in glory, if countless 
members of the Boulevard family over the course of decades and decades and decades had not given of their treasure for such things as these, then Lewis could not have pointed to this baptistry or to this chancel or to this carpet or to this very sanctuary for that matter and have been able to say right here. Couldn't have done it. Not possible. No, for life to happen here, wherever here happens to be, for a space to become and remain a place, then along with gifts of time and talent, which are also indispensable, it also requires the ongoing gift of treasure. For without it, a place cannot become, excuse me, a space cannot become a place. And without it, a place will quickly once more devolve back into being just a space. Which, as a brief aside, we see happening at churches all over the country right now. Big warehouse-like structures that for about 20, 25 years operated as churches, but that are now being turned into things like superstores or shopping centers. And perhaps even more commonly than that, beautiful traditional churches like this one that have existed for 150, 200 years being turned into things like restaurants and microbreweries. This very moment, churches all over the country are being turned from places back into spaces. Moreover, gifts of treasure given to a local church body are powerful because of their particularity. As in the example of the man from Corbin, when giving to one's church family, when giving to the ongoing story that one has long been a part of, when so doing, one is not only addressing a general need, which one still is, but one is instead addressing a general need in a particular way. Fyodor Dostoevsky famously writes, the more I love humanity in general, the less I love human beings in particular. And he's on to something with this. Because there is something very Christ-like Christ and compelling and sacrificial about giving our treasure to mission and advocacy that is benefiting people in a specific location that is rooted in a story we feel ourselves to be personally connected with and that is being performed by people we really know. In Corbin, that man was giving his money not just to feeding the hungry, but to feeding the hungry from the hills and the hollers where he himself had grown up. And he wasn't just giving it to an organization with leaders who were nameless to him or names on a website. Instead, he was giving it to the church he'd grown up in and to a ministry that he knew folks like Luster Patterson were overseeing. Just as when we give gifts of our own treasure to Boulevard, we are not only addressing hunger in general here, but we are addressing hunger in West Anderson, South Carolina in particular. And we are not just giving to an amorphous feeding ministry, but we are instead giving to the same ministry that someone like Jonathan Jennings dedicated so much of his time and energy to caring for and cultivating in his life. 
and so many others just like him, then and right now. Names we know. And the same is true for addressing the full range of issues and inequities that Boulevard Ministries support and have always supported and will always support. Through our financial gifts to our church, we are not only addressing things in general. We are addressing these things in particular. Dostoevsky is right. It is easy to love humanity, but much harder to love human beings in particular. Just as Wendell Berry is right, it is easy to inhabit a space, but it is much more meaningful to settle down in a place. The point with all of this being Boulevard is a place and Boulevard is a family and our gifts of treasure are vital to creating and sustaining and strengthening that reality. Let's land this plane. In our gospel lesson this morning, Luke writes that Jesus and his disciples went from place to place proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And then Luke cites by name some of those who made this possible by, quote, providing for them out of their resources. In the end, some 2,000 years later, this is what we are all doing when we give of our treasure to the church. We are providing for the proclamation of the kingdom of God by providing out of our own resources. We are maintaining a place, ensuring that our lives have rooting and stability and continuity. We are addressing particular issues and inequities in particular ways. We are living out a still unfolding story and all the while, throughout it all and because of it all, we are building God's kingdom together. Trusting that the simple, faithful work we are doing here now is somehow creating the raw materials out of which God is fashioning the new creation which is to come. So today on this Commitment Sunday... Let us prepare ourselves to come forward and recommit to the work of caring for this place and to building God's kingdom together and to perpetuating this ongoing family story so much so that decades and decades from now our children might return to this place with their own children where they might reflect upon the time when they, hand in hand with us, walked forward down this very aisle with their family pledge and left that faithful commitment right here. To which all God's people said, Amen.